I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, dabbing. Amen. I'm a, I got an acronym for you on today. It's interesting because I was at home and I was trying to figure out, I was in Tucson for six hours yesterday. Amen. And we got back from Tucson and I was trying to figure out what I was going to be preaching on. And my uh, son, Isaac, who's 18 years old, he's a senior in high school. He said, you should t- teach on dabbing. And I'm like, well, what's that? And he said, that stuff that Cam be doing. I'm like, dabbing? He said, yeah, you should teach on, he said, break dabbing down. Dab means, uh, he said, dedication and ambition and believing. I said, oh, I can go find some scriptures on that. Yeah, I don't need no help with that, but I, I appreciate that. I'm, that uh, I'm about to break that down tomorrow. So we have some great church at the 8 o'clock, and I'm going to break this down to you because that's the new song that's out. Look at, look at my dab, and then they're doing all that. And so we're going to look at the life of Daniel real quick. Go to Daniel chapter 6. Daniel uh, chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6. We're going to pick up in, in verse 1. It says, uh, it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom. And over these three governors, of whom Daniel was one, so he was one of the three that was over the people, that the satraps uh, uh, might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Then Daniel, he distinguished himself above the governors and the satraps because he had an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the the whole realm. So the governors and the satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel. Isn't that just like the enemy right when you're up for elevation? Right when you're getting ready to get promoted, here come your haters. So we see here these governors and satraps, they tried to, they said, we got to find some kind of charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could not find no charge or fault because he was faithful. He was faithful. Another word for faithful means he was dedicated. Somebody say dedicated. He was dedicated, which means he was faithful. He was committed. I like this. He had staying power. I like this. The word dedicated means that he had backbone and he had drive. There are people even, you know how the Bible says that the poor will always be with us? I've come to the conclusion when Jesus said the poor will always be with us because there will be certain people that lack drive. There are certain people that lack backbone. Can I get a witness up in here? I got any people in the building. You work. And we know 2 Thessalonians 3.10 says if you don't work, you don't eat. I've never met a person that did not like eating. Can I get a witness up in here? But in order for you to eat, you got to have some drive. You got to have some backbone. That means you got to get up in the morning. Anybody in this building got to get up in the morning and go to work? And the Bible's very specific. It says in, I believe, 1 Timothy 5 and 8, it says, it says if a man does not take care of his family, he is worse than an unbeliever. We got the work. You cannot be talking about, I'm just waiting on the Lord. No, the Lord is waiting on you to go fill out an application. Can I get a witness up in here? (laughs) If you want, matter of fact, the the level of success that you're looking for and believing for is all predicated upon your dedication. Because your dedication can take you a long way. Can I get a witness up in here? 
You got to be dedicated. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about this gentleman by the name of Daniel. We already see in the Bible where the Bible says that the king, look at this again. It's very interesting because it says in verse 3, then Daniel, he distinguished himself, which means he began to set himself apart from everybody else because he had an excellent, somebody say excellent. He had an excellent spirit. That word excellent means that he was superb. He was outstanding. He was magnificent. He was exceptional. Also, the word excellent means that he was brilliant. And I like this, mind-blowing. So what he was doing for the kingdom at that time was mind-blowing. So the Bible says that he had an excellent spirit. Then it says, and the king gave thought. Thought. In other words, it crossed the king's mind. I think I'm going to promote Daniel. But with promotion always comes opposition with promotions always sometime will come chaos when God is getting ready to elevate you and cause you to see more of his favor here comes the enemy sometime using people and I've learned this over the years that not only does God want you to be delivered from certain things but he wants you to be delivered from certain people because who you run with is a prophecy of your future there are some people you might need to delete out your phone. Come on, somebody, and delete out your life. Are they adding to you or taking away? Amen? And it's interesting because I've learned this, that if somebody still has control over you, you have made that person your God. You don't let somebody control you, dictate certain moves you make, even my teenagers. Come on, somebody. Amen. Don't be giving in to certain peer pressures. Oh, come on, man. You ain't. Come on, let's go do this. No, man, you know what? Y'all can go do that, but I'm staying right here. They might be like, well, man, you look like a punk because you don't want to. Like, I look like a punk then. Because at the end of the day, I got to have some boundaries. I got any people in here that you did certain things, you did some bad things, but then you still have some boundaries where you're like, I can't go do that, though. I might go do this, but I can't do that. Nah, my mama taught me better than that. Can I get a witness up in here? But this gentleman by the name of Daniel, here it is, the king is, is giving thought to promoting him to, 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 because he began to distinguish himself. He began to set himself apart from everybody else. He had this excellent, this superb spirit. He had this magnificent, he was exceptional what he did. And then you had these people plotting against him. But he was faithful. They couldn't find no charge against him. Then verse 5 says, then these men said, we shall not find any charge against Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So these governors, his haters, these satraps, they throw him before the king and they said thus to him, King Darius, live forever. So they tooting his horn, stroking his ego. And all the governors of the kingdom and the administrators and the satraps and the counselors and the advisors, and they've, they've consulted together to establish a royal statue and to make a firm decree. And whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. So they come together, collaborated, said, we come to the conclusion, king, you that dude, you the man. And if anybody pray to another man or to another God, we throw them in the den of the lions. So you got this man who needs validation, this king who needs people to stroke him. They say he signs the decree. And in other words, he's like, that sounds good to me. I am that dude. See, you got to be careful because Romans 12, 3 says to not think more highly 
of yourself than you ought to. Amen. So he started really thinking, he, and see, if you need people around you to validate you, you're going to have some issues down the road. You never bring people around you to help validate who you are. God already has anointed you. He has appointed you. He has approved you. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. You are already an heir of God. Come on. He knew you before you even entered your mother's womb. You don't need somebody to come along and validate. He's already did it. About shape. Matter of fact, the blood already did it. Do I have anybody in 930, sir, that you know that you know that you know that it was the blood of Jesus that validated you, that all the things that you have done, the bad things, that every charge has been dropped. Somebody in this building need to give God a praise for what God has done in your life. And look at your neighbor and say, he ain't finished. He ain't finished. I might be in a rough patch right now, but I know he's not finished. I might be in a season where my money might not be touching and agreeing right now, but I know that I know that God is not finished. That doctor told me I'm sick in my body, but I've come to the conclusion that God is not finished, that a work that God has begun, that he will continue it. Somebody in this 930 service need to give God a praise. So, pastor, what do I do when I am between a rock and a hard place? Stay dedicated. Daniel was dedicated. Let's talk about Cam, the football player we just watched that's going to be in the Super Bowl next week. Part of the reason why he's in the Super Bowl is because he's been dedicated. See, we see his glory now, but let's talk about his story a little bit. Let's talk about when he was at the University of Florida playing for the Gators, and he was sitting on the sideline holding his helmet while Tim Tebow was the man. And he was his backup. See, a lot of people don't know that because all you remember is Arbor. Oh, but that's not where he started. He started as a Florida Gator. And then when he stole the computer and got kicked out of school, he had to transfer to a junior college. And then that's when he won the junior college national championship. And then Auburn decided to roll the dice on him and said, we're going to give this kid a chance. So he transfers from Florida to the junior college to Auburn. And see, we all know what happened at Auburn. Not only does he pick up a Heisman Trophy, but then he picks up a national championship and then becomes the number one pick in the draft. But his setback was really a setup for his come up so Romans 8 28 says and we know all things work together for the good even the bad things that you've done in life all things somebody scream all things all things that's in Romans 8 28 work together for the good so he lands at Arbor now if you go to an Arbor game his statue is in front of the school now, this is interesting, people of God. He only went to Auburn from August to December. He didn't stick around to get his degree. After three years of college football, when you got 40 million on the table, I'm going to go get my degree later. Can I get an amen in the building? I'm all about degrees and PhDs and all that. That's cute. Come on, somebody. But when they talking about 40 million, 
I can't stick around for my senior year. I might tear my ACL. I'm about to go dab my way into the league. I'm about to go dab my way into these $40 million. Give me a couple commercials. Can I get a witness up in here? And then it's interesting. Now that he's that dude, he's no longer a backup anymore. Where's Tim Tebow now? And we love Tim Tebow. He's a Christian. He's a 20-something-year-old young man that's still a virgin. He's got, he, he, he serves God. He travels the country preaching at orphanages and with his parents. And, you know, even right now, he's a commentator uh, for college football and the NFL. So he found his lane. So I'm not throwing him under the bus. But the whole time, Cam knew I'm better than this dude, but I'm going to stay dedicated. I'm going to sit on this side. I see sometimes you'll be like David, overlooked. Uh -huh. It wasn't that he wasn't qualified, but sometimes those people that are qualified a lot of times get overlooked. Anybody in this building ever been overlooked? And you knew you was the man for the job. You knew you was a woman for the job. But you said, I'm going to stay dedicated because I know my season is coming. I'm going to be still and know that he's God because I know this too shall pass because I know I'm that dude. Look at your neighbor and say, stay dedicated. Stay dedicated. Cam, stay. Sometimes you got to respect the process, even when it don't feel good. Anybody, you knew you was more qualified. You knew you were better, but you just had to. Come on, somebody. Everybody been there. Come on, some of y'all. How many of y'all was cheerleaders back in the day? And you knew, mm hmm, no, I'm better than her. <laughs> I do my cartwheels better than her. I do my somersaults better than her. Come on, somebody. <laughs> How many fellas in here, you know somebody was starting in front of you, and you like, I still cannot believe that these coaches don't see my gift. Oh, my God. Where's my son? Is Isaac in here? He not in here. He was at the last service, but my son Isaac. Here it is, freshman year, had to share time with somebody at quarterback. And we knew he was better than this other kid, and that kid wind up transferring. Then we thinking, okay, sophomore year, we good. But then the coaches, they gave this other kid the nod. We're like, are you kidding? So then we thinking, okay, junior year, we got this on wraps. Then they like, oh, we, he ain't starting again. And I'm like, I call the coach, and the coach is going to tell me, well, I prayed, Pastor Steele. I'm thinking, you talking to a prayer warrior. Oh, but after three quarters, oh, they said, Isaac, warm up. And then after he warmed up and the other guy ran to the bench, 11 games later, he was holding the trophy over his head as a state championship at Sun Devil Stadium. Then senior year, we was able to breathe a little bit because he won state. He didn't have to have no competition. We're like, whoo, he ain't got to fight no more. And then we win another state championship, this time at Cardinal Stadium. Then yesterday, we just left Tucson. He's going to be a wildcat. We all going to be wildcats. That sound better than sun devils. But my point in bringing my son up 
even in the midst of setbacks, he stayed dedicated. In the middle of his setbacks, I said, son, stay faithful because your time is coming. I said, because at the end of the day, you've been faithful. I've watched you during the summer months lifting weights and doing push-ups, doing commercials. Your time is coming. I believe that's a word for somebody in this building. I dare you to stay dedicated. I dare you to stay faithful. Your time is coming. And then, you know, even when at, your, at the height of your career and you're outperforming everyone, you've distinguished yourself from everybody else. The critics are like, well, when he makes touchdowns, he celebrates too much. So they asked the coach, are you going to stop all these celebrations? And Coach Ron Rivera, he says, are they killing people? Did they rape anybody? Did they break the law? And the comment said, well, no. He says, no. It says, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And then Cam said, I'm staying true to my roots. Because y'all know everybody's wired different. Most white guys, when they score a touchdown, they give the ball back to the ref. Cool. But you know black folk... We got that African in us. We got to do something crazy. Come on, somebody. We got to be flamboyant. We ain't just giving the ball back to the ref. I got to do. I got to. I'm going to show you I'm that dude. I got to do something. You don't know how much dedication I've been. So when I get here, I just can't give the ball back to the ref like Tom Brady does. I just can't give the ball back to the ref like Peyton Manning. I got to do something extravagant. <laughs> but now some of the white dudes is dancing now. My dude from the New England Patriots, what's his name? The, Rob who? What's his name? Bron Gronkowski. Yeah, Rob, he be doing his thing. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I love that. He said, I got to stay true to who I am. Don't come in here trying to dictate who I am. This is who I am. Amen? And if you want to find me, find me. But at the end of the day, I thought my life was over when I stole that computer at Florida. I, I thought my life was over when, when Urban Meyer came and took my scholarship from me. And then after he took my scholarship from me at Florida, then he left and went to Ohio State. And then here I am. I don't know where I'm going from here. And then I have a junior college. Sometimes a step down is really a step up because that's where he got his confidence. And now look where he is now. And I believe he, if you asked him what got you to where you are right now, I believe one of the things he would say was God, but he would say my dedication to my craft. You, everybody in this building has a certain craft. And I believe that if you perfect your craft, if you stay dedicated to your craft, See, I know what my craft, my, remember yesterday, last week I preached on Jehoshaphat, they got singers and they got praisers. Remember I had singers over here and I had praisers over here. See, you got to know your lane. I wouldn't have been over here with the singers. I would have been over here with the praisers. See, my, my skill set is preaching. I, I missed it in football because I didn't want to be dedicated. Let's just keep it real. And my coaches kept telling me in high school, they said, still, you can go to the NFL, but you got to show up to the weight room. You got these girls hanging all on you and whatnot. I'm like, this is how you do it. I'm that dude. I don't need no weight room. You know who I am? I'm Reggie Steele. 
Oh, but God got a way of humbling your behind. Can I get a, he'll give you some of that humble pie? Oh, can I get a witness at the 930 service? All of us then got some of that humble pie. Ask Apostle Paul in Acts uh, chapter 11 or 9, somewhere off in there, when he got knocked off his donkey. God have a way of knocking us down. Can I get a witness up in here? And then you begin to realize, ooh, I ain't all that. And the only reason why I am all that is because the one that lives on the inside of me. Because the Bible says, as greater is he that is in me than he. If we keep a trip, see, that's why the Bible says, I will take the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. But when you begin to read that in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 through 27, 28, around verse 29, it says, so that no flesh will glory in my presence. That's why God specializes in using messy people. He takes messes like me and you and makes us messengers. Should have wrote us off. Can I get a witness? But he knew the end from the beginning. Knew you would be dedicated. Now look at you with your dedicated self. Not perfect, but dedicated. Not perfect, but given a perfect effort. When it comes to serving your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And because of time. So we see this gentleman named David. He's dedicated. He's faithful. They're plotting against him, telling him he got to stop praying to his God. But look what he does in verse 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. He knew the writing was signed and went home. And he went to his upper room with the window open toward Jerusalem. And he knelt down on his knees three times. Somebody say three times. That day. And he prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his custom since the early days. In other words, Daniel was like, bump all y'all. I don't care that y'all made this decree and King Darius signed it that if anybody in the next 30 days prays to any other God but Darius and, uh, uh, and, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm sticking to my guns. This has been my custom. In other words, what he was saying, I've had a habit of doing this. Not only am I a prayer warrior, but I, when I hit my knees with the windows open, I want everybody to see when I give God thanks. Look at that. Let's look at that one more time. Look at this script, this verse. It says uh, he, he knelt down on his knees three times that day, and he prayed. A lot of times we stop right there. But it says not only did he pray, it says, and he gave thanks before God. Anybody been in a situation where you like, Lord, I know it was you 21 years ago that got me out of my predicament. I'm just going to sit. I'm just going to pause for a minute and give you thanks. Do I have any teenagers in the building right now? You were in a situation maybe last year and you said, I got to give God thanks because I almost gave in to that peer pressure. I almost did something that I probably would have regretted. I don't know about you, but every once in a while my mind will wheels begin to turn and I begin to give God thanks. Because I know there were some situations I should have died. Come on. There was times I should have when I had alcohol poisoning. Come on, somebody. I should have checked out of here. I should have transitioned out of here. But God. So Daniel was like, listen, y'all can throw me in the lines then if y'all want to. At the end of the day, I'm sticking to my guns. I believe that as believers in God's kingdom, there are just certain things we got to stick to. Like, no, nah, I can't do that. Mm -mm. Not going to come up here and dictate who I pray to. God been too good. 
Matter of fact, I've got all this favor because of my prayer life. I'm experiencing all this success because of my prayer life. Which brings me to my second point. Look at this, look at this. So we talked about dedicate. We're talking about, uh, 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 look at my dad. Dad, D meaning dedication. A means ambition. The word ambition means to the desire to succeed, the desire to achieve greatness. So here it is, Daniel's already experiencing a level of greatness and, and success, but I believe a lot of it he attributes to his prayer life and giving God thanks. That's why he's like, wait a minute. If I stop praying, you're trying to put a wedge between me and my God. Anybody in this building know you would have had a nervous breakdown if you didn't open up your mouth and pray to God. Some of you in this building would have crashed and burned if you didn't fall on your face and say, Lord, help. When you say, Lord, help, you're saying, Lord, aid me, assist me, because I don't have all the answers. So this is the thing. I love his ambition. He had ambition to be great. He had ambition to experience success. And then the very thing that was giving him success, they trying to cut his favor off. The enemy was trying to cut off your favor. How many know the devil is alive? I always say neology will take you where theology can't. Listen, I ain't never been to nobody's theology school. But two things God has trusted me with is influence in millions. Did y'all hear what I said? Why? I ain't been to nobody. They said, you ain't been to seminar. The whole, I've been to Holy Ghost University. <laughs> Y'all ever heard of that? College? It's in heaven. <laughs> and heaven will collide with earth. Come on, somebody. When the 120 got together in the upper room, he said, y'all just chill. I'm coming. Just be patient. And the Bible says when they were unified, the glory fell. Come on, somebody. And you got to know that same glory lives on the inside of you. That that glory will aid you. That glory will assist you. That glory will cause you to experience the greatness of God. Will cause you to experience success. I've said it before and I'll say it again. God don't send me ordinary people. You are not ordinary. You are exceptional. And if you come to the conclusion, I'm just ordinary, guess what? You ain't going nowhere in life. That means you're just going to go through life and play it safe. We're going to see how far you get. The devil is a lie. Uh-uh. I've heard this when I was at U of A. The coach at U of A, he made a decision. He says, well, I didn't get a Division I scholarship. This is the head coach at the U of A. He said, I made a decision, either go home or go big. He told his dad, I got all these offers from these Division II colleges. He said, drop me off at West Virginia. I'm about to walk on. And his last name is Rodriguez. And they kept calling him Gonzalez. And he said, I'm going to make sure this coach knows I'm Rodriguez. I'm going to start a fight at every practice. He said, by the time he got done starting 10 fights in the week, Rodriguez, get over here. Come on, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Especially when you're in the football. Come on, somebody. You can't be passive. You better be ready to two-piece somebody. Oh, That's what David did. Let's get back to the Bible. Well, he one-pieced them. Come on, with one rock. Come on. Had five, but only needed one. Come on, somebody. I know you got five swings on the inside of you. Come on. But you might only need one. Come on, to get rid of that Goliath that's in your life. I dare you to stay dedicated. I dare you to make up in your mind, I'm not going to lose my drive. I'm not going to lose my passion. I'm not going to lose my ambition. I know I'm supposed to be successful. 
That's why I came out the gate. I want my teenagers to know you are chosen. You've been summoned by God, hand selected. He prefers you. God called you to greatness. We want you to be better than us. It would be a travesty for you to not hit our level of success. My son is right in the middle because he's a youth pastor. Stand up real quick, Isaiah. That's my son. He's 23 years old. Amen. He shepherds these teenagers. You can be seated, Isaiah. But at the end of the day, we had him out of wedlock. All things work together for the good. She was 18. I was 19. Her mama, she right here. Throw your hand up. Throw your hand up. There's her daddy. He came to, the, came to my dad's house, and him and my dad was about to go into a fight. And my dad had to explain to him, Cordell, it's going to be okay. He said, they're good kids. They made a mistake, but the child is not a mistake. And I understand his pain because as a father, as a mother, you don't want your 18. She had Isaiah three days before her 19th birthday. Who wants to see their 18-year-old daughter pregnant? No hand better not go up in this building. We're going to have to pray for it. Look at the teenagers. Don't do that. Please. Because Isaiah had to grow up in a roach-invested apartment. He just told me the other day, he saw me in our apartment cleaning the floor, mopping the floor, and he said all these roaches was on him. And he said he got out of bed, and he saw me mopping the floor, and he said, I can't tell that dude what I'm going through right now. He said he in here trying to clean, mop the floor, and I've had these two, three roaches on me. It's funny now. It wasn't funny then. I'm sure he probably traumatic. Come on, somebody. And he just shared that story with us. But he sees my dad. Yeah, we live in an apartment, but he's trying. I watched my dad go, go unload semi-trucks on his off day so I could play baseball. Because I don't know about y'all, when we paid our bills, we didn't have no extra. You had to go do extra. <laughs> to have extra. Come on, somebody. That's why I struggle with folk that don't work. You understand what I'm saying? You got to have some drive. Get some backbone. Go provide for your family. Use man enough to lay down pay. People can say a lot of things about me, but one thing you can't call me is a deadbeat dad. And we don't raise up deadbeat dads in God's kingdom. Handle your business. Well, pastor, we had out of wedlock and he live in Maryland. Handle your business. Say, don't make the mistakes. Now, he got, he didn't put the, I said, Isaiah, please break this curse in our family. Don't put the cart before the horse. He'll be married a year this April. Close on his first house at 23 last week. I want him to be better. I want him to be better. We started preaching at 17. I was 25. I want him to be better. We want the teenagers in here at least six times a year so we can tell them we want you to be better. We want to tell these teenagers, don't lose your dedication to God. I know things are going to come and you're going to get distracted, but stay dedicated to God. Don't lose your ambition. We don't want to see you on a corner. Come on, somebody. Broke, busted, and disgusted. You're better than that because of the one that lives on the inside of you. Cam could have took on the victim mode. Well, they took the scholarship. 
kicked me out of school. They didn't gave me the left foot of fellowship. Come on, somebody. Most of us grew up in church where they give you the right hand of fellowship. They didn't give him the left foot, told him, get out of here. We don't see value in you anymore. You were an asset, but now you're a liability. You might steal somebody else's computer. Come on, somebody. But somebody took a chance on them. Just like your heavenly father took a chance on you. He knew you was going to make mistakes. Can I get a witness in this building on today? But he still took a chance. Took a chance on me to be your pastor. So I got to get back to this. So Daniel, he prays. They grab him. Throw him in the lines then. But look at this. Interesting. Look at this. Look Because of time. Look at verse 22. It says, my God. Somebody say, my God. I was with one of my friends this weekend having dinner. He's a multimillionaire. And he said, man, he said, I know something about you, Pastor Still, Every time something good happens, you always say, my God. He said, now I'm at home. When something phenomenal happens, he says, I say, my God. That's what Daniel's saying. He said, my God. Anybody ever had a my God moment? Come on. Money wasn't touching and agreeing, but then all of a sudden everything got paid. You paid your tithes, offering, had money left over, was able to go to the restaurant. You was like, my God. <laughs> my God sent his angel and he shut my hater's mouth. I mean, lion's mouth. How many know he'll shut your hater's mouth? He said, I'll prepare a table in the presence of your enemy. He's going to let them see your success. He'll let them see greatness on you. Come on, somebody. Put that back up. My God sent his angels, shut the lion's mouth so that they could not even hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O oh king, I've done no wrong before you. And then look at verse 23. Now the king was exceedingly glad for him because the king actually liked Daniel. So it says, now the king was extremely glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury, whatever, was found on him because he believed in his God. Dab means dedicated. Dab means ambition. Dab means keep believing. It says because he believed. Look at your neighbor and say, keep believing. Because he believed God came through. That word believe means that he had faith in God. He had trust in God. He had confidence in God. Look at that. He believed. Put that text back up real quick again. It says he believed. Now the king was exceedingly glad. But look at that. So Daniel was taken up. He believed in his God. All of us in this building have had our own lion's den situation. Can I get a witness? Not an actual lion. But you had lions, spiritual lions all around you telling you, you can't do it. Look at you now. Huh? You believe God that he was going to do that, but look at this setback you're in now. Look at this. You put yourself in this predicament. But then you had to get those, stop allowing Satan to rent space in your head and make up in your mind, I'm going to believe God in spite of how it looks. Teenagers, keep believing God. Young adults, keep believing God. Those of us that's 40 and older, let's keep believing God. That he can do exceedingly, abundantly. Somebody scream above more than you can even imagine or even think. 
Now, because he was dedicated and had ambition and he believed that God can bring him out of his lines, then look at that last verse in this scripture. Let's put that up real quick. Look at this last verse because look what happens. It says, and the king gave commandment. He gave the, the command and that brought those men who accused Daniel and they cast them into the den of the lions. Them, their children, and their wives. Somebody say, dang. Boy, I'm glad I wasn't born back then. They was cutthroat. Can I get a witness up in here? They said, go get your wife. Yo, we about to kill everybody. Jesus. Then it says, and their wives and their lions. And it says, and the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones to pieces before they even came to the bottom of the den. Isn't that interesting? But you got stuff that should have caused Daniel to crumble. He walking on it. Stuff that people thought you were supposed to crumble on. Now you walking on it. Come on, your lines then was anxiety. Some of our lines then was fear. Some of our lines then was lust. The very thing that was supposed to cause you to crumble. Now you walking on it. And the angel came. Anybody know? You know that was supernatural. Some things that God has brought you out of. Now look at this real quick. Look at this. We're almost done. Look at this. Look at verse um, uh, 27. He delivers and rescues. Now this is Darius talking. Look at verse 26. I make a decree. This is the king. Every, in every dominion of my king kingdom, men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. He said, you got to fear and tremble, or, 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 or you must tremble and fear. Then it says, for he is the living God, steadfast forever. The kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed. And it still hasn't been, because now we make up the kingdom. Our teenagers make up the kingdom. So it says that my kingdom will not be destroyed, and his dominion shall endure to the end. Then it says, and he delivers and rescues can I get a witness in here? Does he still deliver and rescues? The God that delivered Daniel, the God that rescued Daniel has delivered and rescued you on more than one occasion. Some of you in this building took more dope that would have killed the elephant and the horse and you woke up the next morning. You still standing. That's the mercy of God. But I got to read this last one. This is where I wanted to go. It says, so this Daniel prospered. He went through a lot of hell, but he prospered. Went through some setbacks, but because he made a decision, I'm going to stay dedicated. I'm not going to lose my drive. I'm not going to lose my dedication to God. I'm still going to pray, even though they told me I need to shut my prayer life down. Because that's one of the first things that the enemy will try to do when you're between a rock and a hard place. All that prayer stuff don't work. No, 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 no. James 4, 8 says, if you draw near to God, he said, I'll draw near to you. James 5, 16, the effectual, fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Isaiah 59 and 1, he said, my ear is not heavy that I cannot hear. Oh, God's not deaf. He said that if he said he said if you cry out to me, I'll deliver you out of all your troubles. But isn't it interesting that all the hell he went through, he came out on the other side, prospering. 
and he prospered. Why? Because he believed in his God. He had ambition. He was dedicated. Look at Cam backing up Tim Tebow, just waiting on this turn. But somewhere down the line, he stopped respecting the process and got in some legal trouble. But again, his setback was really a setup. Because junior college was the best thing that happened to him. Gave him the confidence. Auburn takes a chance on him. Like I said earlier, now you go to Auburn. He only went there for a semester. Picks up a Heisman and a national championship and a $40 million check. Sound like he prospering. Look at your name and say, I agree. I agree. And we got, I don't know if God, I don't know about all that prosperity. Well, I tell you what. I wish I could be in Cam's shoes. Come on, you at the basketball game, chilling in the stands, talking about. <laughs> Loaded. And I speak that over you teenagers, that God will bless you, that he will prosper you, your health, your emotions, your finances. I pray success. I thank you for an entrepreneur anointing on our teenagers. I thank you for businesses and the books that are on the inside of them. I thank you for greatness that's on the inside of them. We speak wealth and we speak health. Matter of fact, I want all you teenagers, just stretch your hands in the air, both of them. Just all you teenagers, stretch, te adults, stretch your hands this way. Father, we cover these teenagers. Lord, we thank you for our future. We speak greatness over them even right now. Lord, I thank you that you said eyes have not seen nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that you have prepared for them that love you. Lord, I know these teenagers love you. I know they're not perfect, but I know they love you. Lord, I pray that you will continue to even use my son to give them spiritual foundation and that you will even use their parents to continue to give them foundational principles from your word. And we thank you that they will do great things in this earth. I prophesy that over them even right now. Great things do exceedingly abundantly above more than they can even imagine or even think I declare that over these teenagers today in Jesus name somebody give God a hand praise one more time hallelujah glory to God